Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rust Report on ESPN AM 1520, blanketing 17 states and much of Canada. We have a man on the program today who former Congressman Tom Reynolds and the New York State Republican Chairman Nick Langworthy have referred to as the best elections commissioner in the state of New York. And I've known him for years, a former legislator, a brilliant, gifted, low-key gentleman, Ralph M. Moore. He has served as an elections commissioner for Erie County since 2003. He's a former executive committee chairman of the New York State Election Commissioners Association, former chairman of that association's Republican member caucus, and participated in a number of educational programs conducted by that organization. So you've got 18 years in that position. You know where all the bodies are buried. You know what's going on. What happened with this race with Byron Brown? Most people thought he was a shoo-in, and it was like AOC number two. Out of nowhere came this woman, and she beats him. What do you think happened, Ralph Moore? Well, he had a combination of things. I think the campaign did not run the most effective campaign that they could. They may not have taken the opponent very seriously. And in addition to that, you had a fairly low turnout where an organized group uh, is able to go and swing an election. Party primaries, particularly party primaries after a presidential year, tend to be the lowest turnout in any cycle of four years. And uh, we experienced that again today, or, you know, this past week. And I think it was a combination of all of that which led to the upset uh, victory that they had in, uh, in the city of Buffalo. Okay, now the million-dollar question is, and everybody's been talking about it, it's uh, about what happened last night, uh, the night before the taping. There was a rally um, over at Salem Field. With, I, I looked on TV like about 200, 300 Brown supporters, all with fancy new signs, chanting uh, Byron Brown and four more years, four more years. And that's the question of a write-in campaign. Um, it's sort of simple to do a write-in, but I think you'd have to do a grassroots, door-to-door approach with a very simple form explaining how to do it. Now, we saw Jimmy Griffin win on the conservative line, which is probably a couple percent of the 
city voters, and he did it. People thought it was miraculous, but he did it. But now you've got a four-term incumbent. He's got probably 3,000 employees, several hundred patronage employees. The $64,000 question for Ralph Morris, could Byron Brown win a write-in candidacy? It's possible to win a write-in candidacy, particularly when you have uh, somebody who's a four-term incumbent that's well-known in the community and has a very simple name to write in. Uh, One of the things that is important to note is how did we get here, and that is that the New York State uh, Legislature changed the petition process of the timing to conform with federal requirements of uh, mail-in and absentee ballots getting the military and overseas personnel. And the process and the time period for circulating petition to get your name on the ballot, either as a major party candidate or as an independent uh, candidate forming your own party, has all expired and has passed prior to the primary. So you're stuck with the primary results. There are some bills in the state legislature that would make minor changes to that process. Uh, But as it stands right now, there is no method by which Byron Brown's name can appear on the ballot uh, as he had only run on the one line and lost that this past Tuesday. Uh, Every time you have a contest, whether it be in the primary or be in the general election, there's an opportunity to write in the name of the candidate. The most common write-ins, of course, are Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, those people expressing displeasure with the candidates whose names are listed on the on the ballot. And um, generally, you have a few scattering of that, but not enough to make any kind of significant effort. Um, there have been write-ins, both on a national uh, level in the state of Alaska, for instance, and he, actually here locally. It wasn't in our jurisdiction in Erie County, but the mayor of Jamestown uh, down in Chautauqua County uh, put together a write-in effort uh, in a, during a general election. Uh, those efforts take some explanation to the public. Uh, however, the optical scan ballots that we use, where you now have a paper that sits in front of you at a desk, uh, you're able much easier to write in the name of a candidate than you did in the past with the old lever machines. In the old lever machines, you had to find the office. You had to slide up a lever. Uh, you had to take the pencil and write in the name in a little butcher roll and um when you pull the handle back, uh, it registered that vote and advanced the paper. Uh, here we have the ability to go and write in the name in a clearly indicated write-in spot. Uh, there's no time limit by which people can study the ballot and have it with them. And once they deposit it into the tabulator, the tabulator takes not only the reception of the paper ballot, but it also scans an image of it. So when it comes back to the Board of Elections, we have two opportunities to count the ballot and or, or in write-in votes, and that is by looking at the images that the um, that are recorded on the chip that's within the voting tabulator, and also we have the physical paper which backs that up. Um, the most pressing thing 
uh, in, a, in telling people how to do a write-in is to make sure that it's done in a proper column. You have to write in the name of the candidate for the office in the office in which that person is running for. If you were to say, and we'll just use Byron Brown as an example because that's the one everybody's talking about, if you put him... Uh, if he wrote in his name under the spot for Supreme Court judge, mm-hmm. that would not count for him as mayor. It would count for him for as Supreme Court judge. But again, with the paper ballot physically in front of you, the columns clearly marked, that should not be that much of an impediment. The other thing is uh, what counts as a name. Do you? It used to be that uh, people would say, you have to put it down exactly the way that the individual registered to vote, meaning, you know, full first name, middle initial, and full last name, and spell everything properly. Um, the Erie County Board of Elections has always taken the position, and it's been backed up by a number of court cases, that as long as we can identify the candidate for which that write-in is intended to be cast, it will be, the voter's intent will be honored, and it will be cast for that candidate. So therefore, if somebody writes in Brown, uh, Byron, uh, Byron B., uh, B. Brown, uh, you know, all of those little variations, and even if they misspelled his first name, um, those would all be accepted as a vote for the candidate. So it's basically very simple, and I looked at the uh, ballot uh, when I voted on primary day. It's about a, an area underneath that office, and it's about, I would say, an inch by an inch. So it's very clear and it's it, there's plenty of room to write it in. You already have a pen, um, you know, to do the ballot. So isn't it easy? Well, it is much easier than it had been in the past. And uh, we have seen candidates that uh, had write-in efforts that passed out stamps to voters where they could just stamp the name of the candidate in that spot. But as you stated, you now have a pen because you're filling out an optical right. scan ballot. Uh, you already have it in your hand, uh, and you can go about and write in a name just as easily as you can uh, fill in an oval. In fact, a write-in slot has the has an oval by which we ask that you fill in uh, when you write in the name. That allows the tabulator to tabulate that a write-in vote mm-hmm. has been cast. However, if you forget to fill in the oval, but you do put in the name, uh, we would still count that as a vote for the candidate. Again, we're trying to get the voter's intent and honor that intent. Well, sounds pretty easy to me. It was very well explained by Ralph Moore. Republican Elections Commissioner for the County of Erie on the Rusk Report. If you're listening in Cheektowaga, Montreal, or Washington, D.C., drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And the ESPN 1520 is streaming. You can listen live by going to our website, ESPN1520.com, and clicking the radio Dot com or listen tab. 
and Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampo Legal is available in many Tops and Wegman stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. I'd like to thank those who've called regarding our past guests. Former U.S. Senator Javits' niece, Margaretha Javits, Senator Pat Gallivan and Lou Knotts, president of Calspan Corporation. Coming up, we're going to have the National Committeeman for the Republican Party for New York State, Charles Joyce. Some more information about Ralph M. Moore, elections commissioner. A practicing attorney, Ralph Moore attended his undergraduate studies at SUNY at Albany and received his Juris Doctorate degree from the State University of New York at Buffalo School of Law. During his 34-year legal career, Ralph Moore has participated in numerous election cases, arguing before both state and federal trial and appellate courts. A very gifted man, and again, as uh, former Congressman Reynolds and state Republican Chairman Nick Langworthy have said, he's the best elections commissioner in the state of New York. Now let's get back to this mayoral race, because that's what everybody's buzzing about in the media and coffee clatches and... uh, on, online or on the telephone, and that's how could a socialist win a primary in, in New York State? I mean, socialists may represent 1% of the people. I've been to communist countries in, in Poland, Vietnam, Cuba. It's a system that, that doesn't work communism. How could somebody lean in that direction ever get elected um, in a primary for mayor of Buffalo, Ralph Moore? Well, I think, first of all, you stated that it was a primary election, and that's particularly true. It's not the full electorate. People who are not enrolled in a party don't vote in it. In New York State, if you're a registered Democrat, you can only vote in the Democratic primary. If you're a Republican, you can only vote in the Republican primary, conservatives only in conservative primaries. Uh, So this was a vote of... Uh, registered Democrats at a fairly low turnout year, uh, and within every political party, whether they be Republican, Democrat, conservative, working families, or uh, independent body, there's a wide variety of views. Uh, what you had here is a person who was a community activist uh, who had the support of some of the uh, city union and they were much better organized um, and put on a more effective campaign as peers uh, than what the mayor's office did. So in that that uh, respect, uh, that faction of the Democratic Party, uh, people that were leaning with that ideology that wanted to see a change uh, in the current administration, uh, came out in larger numbers and cast their ballots for the opposition to to the current administration. Let's talk about a a local hero who I think is one of the brightest people I've met in politics, and I've met presidents and candidates for presidents, and I worked for a governor for 12 years. 
And Tom Reynolds is just uh, a gifted, um, motivating uh, individual. Um, he knows how to get people up and going. He has the technical skills um, to know how to win elections. Um, I know you were close to him. I, I still remember uh, at night you were there with Tom Reynolds when the Secret Service was setting up when Bob Dole came to town for the right. Pulaski uh, Parade. So you are a right arm of uh, Tom Reynolds for uh, decades. Uh, let's talk about this gifted, brilliant strategist, former Republican County Chairman and Congressman Tom Reynolds. Your opinions of this man. Well, I mean, I have the highest regard for Tom. I started uh, my administration as an election commissioner under Tom Reynolds, and uh, prior to that, I served with him on the Erie County Legislature. Uh, so I've known Tom for many, many years, and uh, both as a, a public official uh, who cared about his constituents and uh, the effective running of government, and also as a political strategist once he left and as a lobbyist. Uh, I have the highest regard for Tom. In fact, I actually spoke to him yesterday uh, mm -hmm. by phone, uh, and we went over the events of uh, what occurred on Tuesday and how there were a number of areas where, uh, because of the turnout, because of the various circumstances, things uh, surprises occurred in the election. Now let's talk about the other uh, star from West New York State, uh, a man of young age who is a gutsy, uh, determined, in-your-face type of politician. I'm referring to Nick Langworthy, the New York State Republican chairman. Uh, he's not scared of anybody. He'll hold press conferences next to Andrew Cuomo. Uh, he'll go after right in front of their offices, uh, congressmen, um, where uh, Trump won the district and they're Democrats, and he'll have press conferences with the state conservative chairman. So let's talk about uh, this gutsy uh, young state Republican chairman, Nick Langworthy. Well, Nick became... Uh was a staffer under Tom Reynolds. Uh, I had known him also for a number of years and uh, actually did the nomination for him to be Erie County chairman mm -hmm. uh, on the first run when the vacancy occurred. Uh, Nick has uh, uncanny ability to see areas in which uh, deficiencies are uh, existing in current representatives and find opponents that would go and fill that gap. Uh, he's won a number of races that uh, you wouldn't give it a first uh, or a second even glance at and say, oh, that's just the enrollment is overwhelming or that's something where you don't take a look at. Uh, you've got much better options going to a safer district. And he's uh, had the courage to go after those and had uh, great successes uh, with that. Uh, it's both in the, in the county level and now on the, on the state level. Uh, he's taking that message of uh, local government uh, across the state. Uh, he hasn't been afraid at all to stand up to the governor when the uh, state uh, legislature, uh, run both by the same party as the governor, basically turned over all their authority to Governor Cuomo uh, with the pandemic or using that pandemic as an excuse and just let Governor Cuomo uh, do what he wanted. Uh, it was Dick Langworthy who was the person who went and stood up and uh, called out many of these instances. 
Yeah, a very gutsy, courageous, bright man, Nick Langworthy, who's been a guest on this uh, program many times. You're listening to Brian Rusk with the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners, as we have received at this station letters as far away as Scandinavia and New Zealand with our 50,000 watts of clear channel power. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And uh, a little more information about Ralph M. Moore, Erie County Republican Elections Commissioner. Prior to his current appointment, he served as an assistant county attorney, headed Erie County's pretrial services program, and served six terms as his district's representative in the Erie County Legislature. Very gifted man who understands uh, politics and voting and trends uh, like no one else. Ralph Moore, Republican uh, Elections Commissioner. Let's talk about how tough it is for early voting for you as an elections commissioner to have all these different locations for early voting and tabulating all that. Uh, Doesn't it make your job twice as hard? Ralph Moore. It's a very tiring process, and it seems that you're running an election day every single day for uh, starting 10 days prior to the election. And so by the time you get to election day, you're just running on adrenaline, it seems. Uh, However, when the state legislature started toying with the idea of early voting and implementing early voting, uh, all that was required was that uh, Erie County would have by the formula only required five early voting sites. We have over 600,000 registered voters and we didn't feel that that was adequate. Uh, So both Commissioner Zellner and myself sat down and we said, how can we make this uh, more convenient to the public? How can we make this uh, something that's workable and yet you could still safeguard the integrity of the election? We did a number of things. The first thing we did is we put an early voting site in every town and city in Erie County. And in addition to that, we went and put one in each council district uh, within the city of Buffalo. So we had 37 early voting sites. We then implemented the use of electronic poll books where It didn't matter where you lived, if you lived in the town of Lancaster, such as I do, but work in the city of Buffalo, I could appear at a voting uh, site in the city of Buffalo close to where I work, whether it be on my lunch break or whether it be uh, going to work or after work, and cast my ballot so I could appear at any jurisdiction at any voting, voting site in Erie County and cast a ballot for my hometown. Um, So we were able to go and implement a system to do that. And then finally, the other thing that we did is we were the first county in the state of New York to go and have a portal on our website where somebody can go to the Board of Elections website and request a mail-in ballot. Um, It would take less than two minutes to complete the form on the website, and we would turn that ballot around within 24 hours and get it to the voter. We've had a long tradition in Erie County of uh, being able to uh, find innovative ways to get ballots to individuals. Uh, One of my favorite stories is that uh, during the presidential election when uh, President Bush was running, 
we got a call from a person down in Georgia. He was a trucker, and he was resident of Erie County, had requested an absentee ballot, but left because of his work before the ballot arrived at his house. Uh, he was currently at a truck stop in Georgia. The phone rang. It was 6 o'clock the day before the election. At that time, it was uh, Larry Adams, Act was a Democratic mm-hmm. commissioner, and I were sitting out in the area. We picked up the phone. The person explained the story, his story and the dilemma to us. We faxed the ballot to the truck stop in Georgia. The man <laughs> voted the ballot and sent it back, and it was counted. Uh, you know, I mean, those are the types of things that we try to do to allow everybody to have the opportunity to cast a ballot and to vote and express their wishes. We feel it's very important. And there are people out there uh, that, even in low-turnout areas, uh, feel that it's very important to exercise their civic duty and cast a ballot. And we want to make sure that everybody who intends to vote and wants to vote gets that opportunity. Well, that's a great story, and it shows that you you have the can-do attitude when someone wants to vote and there's a problem. You and the Democratic Elections Commissioner work to get the job done. I, I congratulate that you have the can-do attitude. Now, let's talk about why can't we go back to the days where there's one election voting day from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. as it's been for decades and decades and decades. What's wrong with 15 hours of voting on that one day a year? Why do we have to have all these bending over efforts when it's worked fine for uh, you know a century? Why do we need all this? Well, it has worked fine. I think it's just a matter of making it more convenient. The idea was to try to get more people to participate. As voter enrollment, voter participation declined, I think state legislatures across the country tried to figure out ways to go and increase voter participation. Um, It's still in New York State too early to determine whether early voting has an effect at increasing voter turnout. I think when it's all said and done, you will probably find that people that showed up on one single election day during that 15 hours are going to be the same people that just now voted except instead of one day over a period of 10 days. Um, It makes it much harder on the Erie County Board of Elections and Board of Elections across the state. Uh, We've learned to adapt. We're still mandated to do what the state legislature does. Uh, tells us that we have to do. And so in that regard, uh, we have to follow the early voting guidelines. We have to follow the the voting hours that are set forth. And what both the Democratic commissioner and the Republican commissioner uh, do is try to sit down and say, how could it best be served? And as long as we're required to do early voting, uh, both Commissioner Zellner and I are going to go and try to find ways to make it convenient and still safeguard the election. And one of the things that's very important and makes it much more difficult is how do you stop somebody from wa- walking into an early voting mm-hmm. site one day and then the next day appearing at another early voting site and trying to vote again? You know, So we have to put all of those safeguards in place. Uh, what stops somebody from mailing in a ballot and then showing up at an early voting 
voting site or showing up on election day, we have to put all those safeguards in place. And one of the things that we're very concerned about, mm-hmm. both Republicans and Democrats, are the efforts on the state legislature that try to shorten this time period up. Sometimes it does take a week. Sometimes it takes more than a week to go and count the ballots. I'm sorry, but, but we have to bring the program to a close. We learned from the uh, very gifted Republican Elections Commissioner for Erie County, Ralph M. Moore. Special thanks to our director of production for 15 years, Kevin Carr. Thank you for enlightening us with all your knowledge of election law. Ralph M. Moore, have welcome. a great week. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.